0: to nxt talk where we talk about all things nxt whether it be nxt stateside uk or level up we got you covered we're your hosts i'm boris and as always we're i'm joined by matt
1: bonjour how's everybody doing out there we hope you're doing well boris Oh man, NXT was it was trying really hard to have a, have a good show last night. There were some good things on the show, but boy, this Joe Gacy character, I feel like, has taken a rough turn. I think we had a jump the shark moment on NXT last night, buddy.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think we did. Uh, that's kind of what you know. It's kind of expected that in the middle of someone's tenure in NXT, you know, their character is going to change, but here we go this is what nxt 2 is all about trying new stuff literally throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks
1: yes sir yeah and i'm not sure if this one is gonna stick joe gacy now what is he the the fiend taker the riddler taker
0: yeah he's got druids
1: much. he's got he's got comic book powers oh man
0: yeah exactly and and i don't know it's uh We'll get to it, especially you know when we talk about that last little segment of the night. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of news to get to as well. We're gonna be chatting some LA Night. We're gonna be chatting some Kushida. We're gonna be chatting some Triple H. We're gonna be chatting some Roxanne, formerly Roxy. But before all of that, Matt, how are you?
1: Well, thank you for asking, buddy. I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. You know, I got a couple of days off work here, so today is a recharge the batteries day going to do some uh, laundry. I got a big old pile of dirty clothes here I got to work through. I just got some things to do around the house. Going to just chill out tomorrow. Try to go out, see the world a little bit, you know, perhaps talk to a human being, get a drink. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just uh, enjoying some nice spring weather in Toronto. It's been like weird and snowy and stuff. So today is kind of mild outside. It's all right. How are you doing big homie?
0: I'm doing all right. Uh, Yeah, the weather has been just absolutely crazy here. You know, one day you don't need a jacket or barely a sweater. The next day you need a full-on winter parka again. It's just been Ah. so up and down uh, throughout the past week. And uh, anytime that happens, I typically get sick. So here I am. I haven't been sleeping the best. So, you know, I'm uh, kind of uh, powering through as best I can. Work is keeping me super busy as well. I have some uh, major demos, you know, or uh, 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 trips coming up. So, yeah, it's been, it's nice. been good. It's been good, though. I can't, can't, can't really complain in the grand scheme of things.
1: Glad to hear that. Would you call yourself the demo god, Boris?
0: You know what? It's kind of funny because I already do at work.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do, buddy. <laughs> That's amazing, though. And it's funny because, like,
0: one person understands the joke, especially when they understand what i do on the side right so yeah, but yeah a- uh, everyone else
1: just thinks you are a crazy arrogant asshole no.
0: oh 100 yeah.
1: it's 100
0: <laughs> uh yes you know this company it's not too bad because it's a small company right uh so yeah like everyone kind of already knows me but i remember a blackberry and and the blackberry we're talking like you know i worked there who what seven years ago now um, for about eight years, so I was a cocky young piece of trash, right? So there were there were there was times that I was just I look back and I think back to some of the things I did, especially when I was project manager and product owner. I'm just like, oh man, so cringe. But you know, that's kind of how you had to conduct yourself in a company like BlackBerry, when, you know, especially at that time, the hottest tech company. So like, you know, when when you hear stories sometimes about what how how. Uh, about some of these wrestlers and and their attitudes i'm like you know what i can kind of understand
1: yeah i've definitely made some uh absolutely idiotic mistakes in the past uh, professionally and otherwise boris so i feel you there buddy we uh we live and learn you know what i mean you uh what's important is that you grow you learn from these uh experiences you don't have to be a brash baby bull boris your whole life right
0: yeah, you would think so, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you would think so. Well, ideally, ideally, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no. You know what? It's more. I've, I've kind of just. I've always been a very chill person for the grand, in the grand scheme of things, right? Um, and it's it, now I just just really don't care, um, and it's gotten to the point where I just really don't care what other people think of me or anything. So sometimes it's good. For the most part, it's good. But sometimes, you know, it's it, it, it can lead to very interesting situations. Um, and, and, yeah, so, you know, whatever. But that's corporate life. That's 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 all that fun stuff that, uh, you know, we do on the side, as I like to say. But, uh, we, yeah, we have tons of wrestling stuff to get to. So, Matt, do you want to get to it?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, let's get into this NXT news break. We need a theme for this. We need, like, a, a little, like, five-second audio drop for when we do these. That's coming next time
0: exactly now it's an
1: acoustic unplugged news break
0: exactly that's the thing right like I think over the next little bit we're going to be getting more news out of NXT especially as call-ups happen interviews are happening you know the closer we get to that one year anniversary of NXT 2.0 I can see more stuff coming out so let's start with some LA night news we haven't seen LA night on NXT 2.0 over the past few weeks but Matt we have or not we have live crowds have seen him at SmackDown uh, Dark Matches prior to last week's SmackDown. And it looks like he's going to be going the manager route.
1: Okay, so this this gets into a bigger rant of mine, and let's just do it now, Boris. So the idea, the whole idea behind 2.0 is that It's going to be more of a direct pipeline. It's going to be more of what Vince McMahon wants. And the things that are happening in 2.0 are just going to translate to the main roster, right? Now, I know they're cleaning up some of Triple H's final uh, decisions, but... L.A. Knight, for example, goes up as a manager, not a wrestler. They're changing everybody's name. They changed Raquel Gonzalez's name. They changed uh, Marcel Bartel's name. They changed Walter's name a couple weeks before he got called up, but it was because he was getting called up. So if they're just going to change everything and screw everyone's character up anyway then it really never was nxt black and gold's fault to begin with which is what we've been saying the whole time but it's just like they're still making the same mistakes despite 2.0 they're still changing everyone's character and everyone's name for no reason as soon as they get called up to the main roster it's still happening with everyone.
0: I, I kind of agree with you. I'm like ninety percent agreeing with you, and I'm gonna play the devil's advocate here. Number one, you it's said okay, it already, Andy. they're cleaning up Triple H's last few decisions, right? Yes. Um, yes. so that's the big key here. Everyone that we've seen go up recently has been black and gold type of, of, of you know, era wrestlers. Um, people like Raquel Gonzalez, people like Martel Barcel, uh their their names are changing because there's that new new the memo. That has gone out that, you know, wrestlers are not going to be using their real names. They want to use copyright, like new new names that they can copyright. So, okay, that explains those name changes um, in terms of the characterizations. Um, You know, the uh, LA Knight, interesting decision. uh, But, you know, I'm going to just, just before I go on the same rant as you, I'm gonna wait and see when you know the Braun Breakers get called up, when the Cora Jades get called up. To me, that's the real first look into what NXT 2.0 is producing. Having said that, you know we've gone six or what, what now, like seven, eight months into NXT 2.0. They could have made these changes, you know, in those in that time window, but they didn't. So whatever. Um, so you know, I feel like it was some wasted time, some wasted. Uh, like like you said, the pipeline was kind of wasted there, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna just hold off on the same rant that you did until we see you know that first crop of NXT 2.0 people go up.
1: That's right, it's a fair point. That is a fair point. Yeah, I and I would actually I would celebrate and welcome Braun Breaker becoming Braun Steiner, but uh, or Rex Steiner or whatever it might be. But yeah, man, that's a that's a fair point. Grayson Waller, Cora Jade. When those people go up, if their names and characters get changed randomly, then it'll be like, okay, what are we doing here? What's the point of any of this, right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but having said that, just remember, like, I don't know, it's, it's 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 it. I people have been playing super devil's advocate, right, and saying, you know. What if the prototype stayed the prototype, right? Things like that. And, and again, it's easy to say that, but I'm going to hold off on full judgment until that first crop of 2.0 people go up. You know, the Raquel Gonzalez's, the LA Knights, the, even the Tomasa Champas. I'm going to hold off on judgment just because those are the leftovers from Triple H's brand, from Triple H's idea, from the old um, idiom, the old, uh, you know, the thought of of
1: nxt okay yeah it it makes a lot of sense and i'm not even saying like i i disagree i agree with all of that i think like my point is just kind of adjacent to that which is like they like drastically changed the old vision of nxt specifically to avoid this happening so the fact that it happens you know what i mean i'm just I'm not even saying that it's a bad thing that it happens. It's just that what the f was the point of changing NXT? Then you know that's my question.
0: No, for sure. I I, I can for sure see that. And again, like you know, the timing is just interesting, just because you could have made these changes over the past what six eight yeah. months. Um. So it's just it's it's it's, you know, I don't know. It, it's maybe it's just the way that I am right now. I just don't care enough right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not fair enough, man. It's not worth losing any sleep over either way. You know what I mean? It's just funny to me. That's all.
0: Yep. All right. So, L.A. Knight announces to the fans that he is launching the Knight Model Management Stable, and his first member of the group is Mace, formerly of the Retribution Stable. Uh, Knight described his stable as a talent agency, and it was made clear that he is a heel. And he because he insulted the fans. Now, no one knows if this is what the actual plan is moving forward. Um, You know, a lot of people were saying that this was more of a tryout, more of a you know, see what the you know what the in-house the reaction is, etc. But here we go. This is uh, the start of LA Knight's call-up.
1: I like it. I like he's a fine wrestler, but he's a better talker than he is a wrestler. Anyway, it's not like. It's not as heartbreaking as it would be if Adam Cole had gone up to the main roster and was only a manager. I feel like that would be a waste of a main event wrestler. I don't think that's the case with LA Knight. I think he's like a Robert Roode or Dolph Ziggler level wrestler, and he could be better as a manager. So I think this one's actually worth a try. I really do.
0: I don't think I have nothing bad to say about this. Yep. Same here. You know, and maybe maybe this is something he wants as well. Right. Like, True. again, we, we're, we're not privy to that sort of the information, of uh, that sort of information. So we'll see. But, you know, having him, especially with someone like a Mace, someone like like T-Bar, someone like, you know, there, there's a whole list of wrestlers that we can probably add to the stable. Um, you know, having him as their mouthpiece and having him as someone who can also get physical uh, is, is not a bad thing. I am interested to see if he will solely be a manager. uh, You know, if he's going to be more of a Johnny Polo type of route as opposed to a, I don't know. Rocco kind of route or Rico kind of route I don't know <laughs> <laughs>
1: or Rocco the puppet right yeah. I don't think he ever got in the ring <laughs> yeah uh, that, that's funny uh yeah I think you'll probably be that hybrid like when Bobby the Brain would throw on the uh, singlet and get in the ring Survivor Series 89 and of course a lot in the earlier uh portion of his career but yeah man I, I that's what I hope for LA Knight I think that's a good use of his talents.
0: yeah all right so that is LA Knight let's move on to Kashida. uh so Kushida's uh, contract apparently has expired uh, and he is out of the WWE he was moved to the alumni section it's unclear whether WWE even offered him a new deal uh, but here we go Kashida is gone He's, his initial three-year contract is over you know I you one can say that it was a complete failure um, you know he, he was signed in nine, 2019 the pandemic happened he got injured during the pandemic i think he started seeing a little bit more success at the end of 2020 had a very good first half of 2021 and then 2.0 happened
1: yeah yeah 2.0 was the the uh nail in his coffin, but he, it's like for the best free Kushida. You know what I mean? Like, good. He's out of jacket time. He's out of that ridiculous gimmick and he can go be a really good wrestler for the rest of his career anywhere, anywhere. He's going to have good matches. He's going to be better off.
0: He's also 38, right? So like, I'm pretty sure he wants to just, you know, kind of finish off what he had envisioned in his mind and then just call it a career. Like not to say that he's going to retire anytime soon or that he's old, but, you know, he, I'm sure he, he's he's already managed to do a lot of what he wanted in his career. And just remember, this is someone who, when he came to WWE, this is something he, he always wanted to do, right? He came, he tried it out, it didn't work out for him, or maybe it did work out for him, and he, the plan was always to return back to Japan after, right? We don't know. But, you know, it's the, just the, one of those unfortunate things of... NXT 2.0 because I think you know the Kashida that we had that first half of last year would have been you know a pretty good half decent mid card wrestler on the main roster.
1: Oh, easily could have been. He could have been like a new take on Tajiri, and Tajiri was an awesome mid carder in WWE. He had some really memorable matches and contributed a lot. He could have easily been at that level, and that's just to name like some something that I a way that I think Vince McMahon could have used him right. Um, anyway yeah I don't think it's a failure at all though I think he had some awesome matches I think once the 2.0 came the uh, weird rainbow splashy paint was on the wall Boris and he read it and he left and it's fine it's good for everyone both parties will be better off now we don't have to be mad at NXT for wasting such a brilliant talent and Kushida can
0: go and like you said kind of wrap up his career however he wants to exactly it is being reported that he is going to end up in new japan especially with best of the super juniors coming up so that's kind of the most likely destination for him in my opinion
1: yeah i think that's yeah that's fair hopefully he shows up uh maybe if, if this uh rumor is to be believed and there's going to be a nxt or sorry an aew new japan show maybe he'll show up on that wrestle kyle o'reilly for old time's sake who knows
0: exactly Um, So that's Kashida stuff. Triple H earlier in the week gave a interview and this interview was actually quite interesting because it kind of went over um, some of the some of the some of of the things that we've been talking about kind of solidified stuff, especially for me. The biggest takeaway for me was, you know, competition is good. You know, they were talking about the growing pool of talent. They were basically saying that sometimes independent wrestlers are so set in their ways that it's easier from a pure training point of view to train someone with no wrestling experience than an independent wrestler who already kind of is are set in their ways. Um, but my biggest takeaway was this whole six month turnaround of talent and the six-month evaluation that they're going to have and it's basically like a six-month boot camp to see if this person is good enough or not
1: yeah i i agree with your read on it i wish we got a little more but that's fine like I, I do think there's money in triple h talking just in general but about these things i think you should do a little press tour i think they can get some views uh maybe even do like a triple h podcast the broken uh this the broken skull session broken throne with, uh, sessions. The Broken Throne Sessions with Cody and Hunter. I love it so much. Anyway, man, but yeah, I I, I agree with your read on this interview. It's very interesting to see that six-month turnaround. To see someone like a Lash Legend or a Nikita Lyons, how they stack up in a couple months. If WWE is just going to cut bait or if they're going to remain in NXT for more seasoning. Like, what does the six-month turnaround mean exactly? We're going to see. So very very interesting but yeah Triple H is on board it seems and like he's still he's still very much a company man there's no Triple H taking over the NWA for Billy Corgan there's no crazy rumors like that happening he is very much WWE through and through for life and he is he is saying the what the company has been saying you know he is he is right back on board so in a way that's nice to see
0: in a way it sucks You know what? It's nice to see just because people were expecting to hear and see this dysfunction, right? That when Triple H was going to come back, it was going to basically be, I got screwed and FNXT, right? Um, It's kind of crazy to think that, and I kind of maintained that, that we're not going to see that, right? Like, he is family at the end of the day. I think that, you know... The NXT 2.0 decision, I don't think, was literally made overnight. I think that there was some talk that there would be a rebrand. Because even Triple H talked about it. That, you know, I don't don't think he necessarily mentioned the way that it was rebranded. But I think there was always a plan to rebrand what NXT was going to become. Or be.
1: Absolutely. Kind of like he said, go back to the way it was. Go back to the original idea, which is pure developmental. Not... The quote unquote super indie that it kind of became, right? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And yeah, I yeah, it was it was kind of nice to see Triple H
0: just back in the fold. Honestly, like you said, I want him to do this PR tour. I think it's absolutely needed. Um, You know, especially I don't know the internet wrestling community is an interesting community to deal with, as we know. Um, So you know, I don't know if it's going to make a change in how the internet wrestling community sees nxt and triple h and that relationship um but i think you know for for the common folk uh who who kind of just see here stuff here there um you know i think having a triple h pr tour would be pretty cool
1: yeah i want i want the triple h you shoot starring sean oliver that's what i want to see i want it all i want triple h to do the media tour
0: And the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, I guess we're going to talk about it during our NXT review, but I kind of want to focus on this just because there is, there has been tons of attention on Roxy, now known as Roxanne Perez, Um, and and it's funny because you kind of said something to me this morning that I wholeheartedly agree with, and Matt, what was your message to me this morning?
1: All right, are there three better wrestlers in the NXT women's division right now than uh, Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy in Ring of Honor. I could say EO Shirai is a better wrestler. Kaylee Ray, at this moment, is better than Roxy. Is there another wrestler? Oh, uh, not sorry. Sorry, Boris. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not Kaylee Ray. Apparently, Alba Fire. Yes. Is her name now? <laughs> yes. Apologies. Not not Kaylee Ray. Alba Fire. Incredible wrestler, as is Io Shirai. I think Roxy is the third best wrestler in the NXT women's division.
0: Honestly, I, I was thinking about this last night. Because we watched Level Up, we saw her defeat Sloane Jacobs in about five minutes. Uh, Pretty good match, especially with someone so green, right? Um, Yeah. And I'm talking about Sloane Jacobs here. Uh, People have to remember, Roxanne Money Sandy Maniacs. Yeah. Sorry,
1: continue. (laughs) No, sorry.
0: Roxanne Perez is what? She's 20 years old and she already has six years experience. Like, that alone is insane. This is why ROH dubbed her the Connor McDavid of, prof- of the women's professional wrestling divisions. Like, she is this prodigy. And I think, you know, I kind of wanted to set the bar because I think that having that moniker is a hell of a thing, right? So when we talked about her even a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, you know, she is still a little green. She is still a little rough around the edges. And I think that was seen. Having said that, I don't think your assessment is wrong.
1: Yeah man, she's so polished. She's like already like there she like you said, she's like she's young. She's still, you know, figuring out certain things. She's still figuring out how to you, you know what I mean, like work the WWE style and constantly project to the hard cam and all those things, right? But she is she is a, 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 awesome technician in there already like she's pretty good in the ring like just she's throwing arm drags like ricky steamboat she's very very athletic takes a good bump she's just a very good wrestler already and she is a likable personality she cuts a decent promo like you can tell that this this person is already ready for the main roster first of all but yeah. I, I mean, I mean, if they want to if they want to give her some seasoning and kind of teach her the ropes a little bit and give her a hardcore main event run, like a long run with the NXT women's title, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good use of her talents, especially while she's, like you said, twenty twenty one. And uh, yeah, they made no mistake on this show. We'll get into it. But the first time you saw, roxy roxanne perez on camera on nxt 2.0 television she was with the world champion in a promo segment they're telling you she is going to face mandy rose pretty soon and that's awesome like they they know how to book top level talent in nxt ah actually i shouldn't even say that because Braun breaker might have been ruined (laughs)
0: but yeah um like going back to level up you know she hits a nice-looking Luthes press. She does a beautiful twisted senton splash, and then she does her code red. Like, And all of this looks so smooth, especially against someone like a Sloane Jacobs. And there's one thing that's really helping Roxanne. That is the crowd. The crowd absolutely eats her up. The crowd knows who she is. They're cheering for Roxy. So I'm really digging this, and, and I think you're right, you know. Uh, the the first time we saw her on NXT 2.0 was for an incredible, incredible kind of like um, uh, promo, a segment, um, telling us who she is. I absolutely love that. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. But you know, you know when when WWE does stuff right, they do stuff right.
1: Yeah, like I advise against watching Raw every week. <laughs> WWE is still pretty bad, but when they hit a home run, they they can still like. I don't know. They could still put the machine behind you and do a decent job uh, sometimes, and we're going to see how long it lasts with Roxanne Perez. But for right now, I think I sky's the limit for this girl. She's like as good as we felt about Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons is still a maybe, right? I don't think Roxanne Perez is a maybe. I think it's a matter of when, not if.
0: You know? Yeah. Uh, after last night's promo, I I think I know where Nikita Alliance needs some improvement. But, again, get there. And you know why I wanted to talk about Roxanne Perez? That way we don't have to talk about Level Up.
1: (laughs) Yes, that is the Level Up review. Watch the Roxanne Perez match and then delete Level Up from your PVR or computer never to be seen again.
0: Yep. All right, so NXT 2.0. NXT UK is a time to start chatting about these shows, Matt.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: It was, it, was like, it was like a solid, chaotic, but fun NXT ruined by a terrible uh, Joe Gacy through line. I think we have to go Druids out of five for this one. I think the rating, Boris, it's got to be Druids.
0: Yeah, I was going to say WTFs, but Druids is good. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. So we get a... um highlights from last week's NXT went pretty deadly Kit Wilson and Elton Prince Kit Wilson and Elton <laughs> Prince Kit Wilson and Elton Prince pretty deadly Honestly
1: yeah I'm just desensitized to it at this point it could be worse they could be worse Lash. not that bad on the WWE scale <laughs> legend. legend All right former pretty NBA, deadly former WNBA player Lash Legend
0: yeah, pretty Deadly uh, start the show. Kit Wilson, Elton Prince make their entrance in street clothes. Uh, the picture-in-picture shows that Braun Breaker was arriving to the Performance Center. Prince took the mic, talks about how Pretty Deadly made history by winning the tag team titles in their first match in NXT USA. Wilson talks about how they dominated the UK and its uh, and the UK tag team scene. And that is when, formerly known as the Grizzled Young veterans formerly known as the grizzled yeah. young veterans now known as what drake and gibson
1: yeah drake and gibson they do not have a tag you couldn't call them grizzled young veterans that name was way too cool boris way too cool a name no that can't exist in 2.0 they're just drake and
0: gibson now yep drake and gibson all right they call pretty deadly dweebs and dorks uh I'm still, you know what, for, 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 for my sanity, I'm going to call them Grizzled Young Veterans moving forward. Yeah. At least for this episode. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right, so Grizzled Young Veterans, they talk about how they would have won the gauntlet if they were in it uh, and pretty deadly only dominated the UK tag team scene because the Grizzled Young Veterans left. That is when Legado del Fantasma make their entrance uh, before Electra Lopez could even start her promo. Oh, my God. This, these name changes are killing me. Uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin <laughs> Wild jump the Crystal Young Veterans. Uh, the three teams brawled with each other into the backstage area. Braun Breaker walks to the ring from the crowd. He enters the ring, demands that Joe Gacy return Rick Steiner's Hall of Fame ring. Gacy appears on all of the LCD screens. And coincidentally, the same week that The Batman debuts on HBO Max, which is funny Uh. because it's not even one of their stations or affiliated, but pop culture. So Joe Gacy said that he's not hard to find and all that Braun has to do is find him. Gacy did a menacing laugh. His face was multiplied on all of the screens with static sounds, distortions, lights, and the whole kitten caboodle. That's a word I'm going to start using more. The whole kitten caboodle. (laughs) Uh, And then Breaker (laughs) leaves to the back in search of Gacy.
1: Yeah, so this is a pretty hard turn for the uh, generic HR guy. Like, I guess in the couple last couple of weeks, he's been more evil. He kidnapped a man and then was sitting in the woods with a flaming garbage can contemplating his thoughts. But here he was, sans Harland, by the way, pas du harlan in, uh, in this episode, I noticed. But uh, yeah, Joe Gacy is just like he's uh, the Riddler now.
0: He's the fiend. He's the undertaker. Yeah, he's the, he's the Joker, the Riddler, the Undertaker, the Fiend, the uh, whatever. Um, yeah, so let's get to it now. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this. I really don't know about this. Well, uh, we I've been saying they need
1: to make him more evil, and they certainly <laughs> made him more this evil. This is your fault. I don't. It might be my fault. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't think he needs to be more spooky. That's not what I was hoping for. But, uh, man, they love a spooky character. Bruce Pritchard loves a spooky character in wrestling, buddy. He just loves the the demonic weird stuff. So I think we're going to be in for more and not less of this. But, yeah, I think the less said about it, the better. Just cheesy wrestle crap. And we'll get into more of why as it continues on the program.
0: Yep. All right. So one thing I really did like about this episode is that it was chock full of uh, Legado del Fantasma.
1: Yes, lots of Legado for sure. I uh, they appear to be kind of switching to babyface. Dare I say? Yeah, I think so. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll win more. They should win more theoretically on paper.
0: On paper. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) We'll see what happens. All right, so the show cuts the YouTube video that WWE aired over the weekend. Los Santos Escobar cutting a promo about Carmelo Hayes. He was sitting poolside. He said that the former A champion is making a lot of excuses. Escobar said he's going to remind Melo of sticking to where he belongs in the back of the line for the North American Championship.
1: Good promo. Santos is a star.
0: Uh, he's been an estrella in my corazón since day zero. <laughs> yes. Now that translated <laughs> is he's been a star in my heart since day zero. <laughs> I, I
1: thought I, I thought it was a galaxy or something for some reason, but I'm glad yeah, he has. He's been a, he's been a star in my heart too, Boris. Just not. Not uh, significantly better than Andrade. One day we will have the great debate. We will each take sides. We should do like an hour podcast on it.
0: Don't worry. AEW is going to book the match on uh, Dark Elevation one day. So that's when we'll find out what happens. (laughs) Sad. Also. Uh, Too real. Too real. Also of note, (laughs) I still can't buy that effing shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. It's always sold out. Like it's always (laughs) sold out. It is disgusting. Yeah, they need to print more. Yeah, the exactly. The people have
1: spoken. <laughs> exactly. All right.
0: The show cuts to Mello and Trick cutting a promo. Mello said he doesn't go to the back of the line because he created the damn line. Trick hypes up Mello. Mello hypes up his match against Escobar for later in the show.
1: Trick Williams is awesome, too. Just just awesome. They need to make sure he speaks on every 2.0
0: episode. Yep. All right. Tiffany Stratton versus magical schoolgirl mode Sarai
1: oh man so i was actually quite enjoying this match well it was like it was more than your standard uh typical nxt 2.0 opener i think they were showing some fire you believe that they disliked each other but then the finish of this match was just terrible and clunky so i think it ruined it and it was only four minutes anyway but i i kind of liked what they were driving at for a bit here you know yeah. what i mean
0: Yeah, yeah. Tiffany Strand surely is improving, right? Like I think week over week, and that's what you want to see. So that's why I'm not going to hate on it. Having said that, at the end of the day, the end did ruin this match for me. So I guess I am hating on it to a certain extent. Anyways, Tiffany Strand tries to hold uh, Saray's boot, but Saray escapes with a uh, PK. Saray hit Tiffany with a face wash drop kick. Tiffany escapes uh, a hold. By hitting Saray with a back headbutt, Tiffany hits Saray with a corkscrew Vader bomb for a clean pin at four minutes, 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, so they get into a kerfuffle in the corner, and it's like you can basically see them going, Okay, you ready? Like one. Yeah. Two and then they do the back head butt spot, which uh is we were supposed to believe in kayfabe, but I guess knocked Saray out, and then Tiffany Stratton hits her 360 Vader bomb, four minutes and thirty seconds. Uh yeah, I liked what they were driving at. I was it was good across that Mendoza line until the finish. But yeah, typical WWE match at the end. We're gonna go two and a half druids out of five for this one. Mendoza line, Dominic Mysterio line kind of match.
0: Yep. All right, Drake and Gibson were talking with each other backstage braun breaker barges past them and was looking for gacy Uh, breaker heard rick steiner's voice in the distance he ends up finding a computer tablet on a chair inside of a shark cage the audio that was playing was the end of nxt from two weeks ago when joe gacy kidnaps rick steiner and no one calls the cops Uh, breaker walks into the cage took the tablet slammed it on the ground in anger breaker walks away to continue his search
1: I actually did kind of like that you heard Rick Steiner's voice, and then it was the it was the tape recorder. Well, no, it wasn't a tape recorder. It was, I guess, it was an iPad that was playing, that uh, or a tablet of some kind that Braun Breaker destroyed. But uh, yeah, I definitely thought that he was going to get locked in the cage backstage.
0: One hundred percent. If you know, what, well, here's the thing: if they had just done that, would have been so much better. <laughs> it actually would have been
1: better than what they did do sadly although i'm not advocating that that would have been good
0: no a hundred percent no because we would have been here <laughs> saying how stupid is the face <laughs> for just walking into the shark cage
1: yes but it would have been better than what did transpire
0: yep all right pretty deadly we're saying their catchphrases backstage yes boy a lot while touring the performance center uh persia perota and indy hartwell challenge is pretty deadly to a match uh pretty deadly were hyped to wrestle hartwell and perota and then they obviously brought out hudson and loomis pretty deadly walks away to avoid hudson and loomis
1: uh pretty uh, fun little promo i i didn't i didn't mind it at all i think pretty deadly have a lot
0: of charisma They really do, honestly, Um, and and, uh, they seem to be getting a lot of positive attention, you know, from the internet wrestling community, especially from people who haven't seen their work in NXT UK.
1: Absolutely, and I think as good as they are in the ring, they are better characters, so they're suited, well suited for the American system, so I'm I'm excited to see how they grow here on NXT 2.0.
0: The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is trying so hard to do her job interviewing Grayson Waller, um, talking about uh, Waller facing his former bodyguard, Sangha later in the show. This is when Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward show up to yell at Waller for some reason. Sangha comes out of nowhere, chases Waller to the ring. The referee runs in, and this starts the pretty random match between Grayson Waller and Sangha. Yes, yes. Before we get
1: into the match, I did actually quite enjoy the Andre Chase, Body Hayward cameo. Chase starts hitting him with the Ben Franklin line, and Grayson Waller goes, Ben Franklin? Who did he ever beat? Just a classic wrestling line, but I that made me laugh out loud. I feel like that was ad-libbed. I might be wrong. Maybe that was scripted, but who knows? That was a g- good note by whoever threw that in. Good job on you, Grayson Waller. And yeah uh kind of a strange match they are beating sanga like a drum in this <laughs> nxt 2.0 i don't think he's won yet i think he's winless
0: yeah 100 because i'm thinking like his, his his entire feud with la knight he lost it was waller who always beat la knight and now he loses to waller uh so waller rolls into ringside for a br- or out of ring ringside for a breather he goes for a baseball slide, but he was caught by Senga. Senga tosses Waller into the ring post. Uh, then Waller eventually hits Sanga with the rolling stunner for the clean win in 3 minutes and 30 seconds.
1: Yes, four minutes and 18 seconds from the time of the backstage attack is when I started timing it. Yeah, Grayson Waller pins Sanga with the dive roll stunner, the the old Chavo Guerrero slash Kofi Kingston dive roll into the ring spot into a stunner if you've never seen that finisher before. I quite like it. It's a, it's a completely unique and very interesting move. Grayson Waller has a real something. I think he's on the main roster by SummerSlam, and... uh i'm excited for the grayson waller era man i actually think he's like one of the highlights of 2.0 yep
0: so somebody texted me something about sanga and it actually made me laugh so i'm going to say it on this show so they called him brown Strowman. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good line that's a good <laughs> right like dude i would have taken full credit for this but I just can't (laughs) because it was too good.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Sangha. So, yeah, I would go another kind of typical average WWE match. We're going to go two and a half Druids out of five. Dominic Mysterio line.
0: All right, the show then cuts to a Cora Jade sit-down promo. Jade recaps being betrayed by her hero last week, uh, Natalia, Natty. She said her future isn't bleak, like Natalia said. Uh, She said she saw Natty as a hero and a dream match, but her dream now is to kick Natty's legendary ass. I personally laughed really hard at that. Uh, Jade ripped up a photo of her as a kid standing next to Natty to end this uh, pretty god-awful thing.
1: Yeah, this was the this was the NXT scripting at its worst. You're laughing at it, not with it. Like my dream now is to kick Natalia's legendary ass. Like anyone on planet Earth would ever speak like that. Just like ah, you you got a feel for them, but you know what, Cora Jade's still likable, and yeah, you this was at least fun to laugh at. So we'll give it that much. Yeah, and the thing is,
0: like again, you know, she's doing the best she can with the script she's given.
1: Yeah, and boy, just boy. And they want an Emmy, Boris. Jesus, Lord Almighty.
0: Yep. Legado del Fantasma make their entrance. Uh, Then, here we go. A little girl was shown playing on her PlayStation. The girl mentions how her mom bought her a PS4 as a kid. She talked about being lost in playing pro wrestling games and how that led her to wanting to be a pro wrestler when she grew up. She said she even used the create a wrestler to create herself in the game. Do you know the, who this little girl grew up to be?
1: Mandy Rose. No, <laughs> just kidding.
0: She grew up to be Roxana Perez, Roxanne Perez, formerly Roxy. They do a great job of hyping her up. Um, they mentioned that her debut is set for next week. And now you know the rest of the story. No, that's dope, man.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed this promo a lot. Roxanne Perez is a future star. I'm sure they can fuck it up because they're trying really hard to screw up Braun Breaker. But as of this moment, she looks like a can't-miss prospect. Indeed, perhaps the Connor McDavid of the women's division.
0: Yep. The hardest-working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Roxanne Perez. But before Perez could really finish her thought, Mandy Rose Gigi Dolan, JC Jane show up to taunt Perez. Rhodes talks about how this is real life and not a video game. Very, yeah, very,
1: very interesting if for no other reason than we saw that they're putting her with the world champion right away. First time she's on screen live, world champion shows up and is like, who are you? And I I was like, oh yeah, here we go. Part of me thought they were going to put the world title on her tonight. I think they might do it as soon as spring breaking.
0: I think so. I honestly think so. I think that's the direction they're going to go in. It's you know she she's she's you know on the collision course to face her at this point, right?
1: Do it now. Or another thing that I was thinking, Boris, is they could they could pivot slightly and have Roxy and Cora Jade take the uh, NXT Women's
0: Tag Team Titles. Yeah, you know what? It's hilarious because I was literally thinking like you know. Knowing WWE, knowing how they do things, they have two, like, just smoke and hot, and I mean this by, like, charisma and, and, and you know, abilities and stuff like that. Corrid- Character-wise. And Ru- yeah, whatever. Um, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez uh, put, might as well put them together at this point, right? You have these two super young, talented people on your roster. You know, it's not going to hurt them. Yeah, natural pairing too. Like in in
1: a word, in a in a two or three word, you know, phrase you would describe Cora Jade as skater girl, and you would describe right now Roxanne Perez as gamer girl. Like just uh, for the barely nothing that we know about them, skater girl and gamer girl. That's a fun tag team. I can see it. Natural pairing. Let's do it. But I do think what I would do if I were booking NXT is Roxanne Perez. Beats Mandy Rose clean as a whistle at, at the next big show, which is spring breaking May 6th or whatever it is. And she holds the title for a year, a year, and then goes up to, uh, to the main roster.
0: Yeah, that's not going to happen. As much as I would love nope. to see that, <laughs> I, that's not going to happen. All right. The Grizzly Young veterans make their entrance. Uh, and this is where we find out they also lost their individual first names and their team names. Like, what a blow. All in one, what in one foul swoop. I didn't even notice that they lost their first names, too. I I
1: saw that the the, the Chiron was Drake and Gibson, but I just thought that that was their tag team. I guess that they were not James Drake and Zach Gibson. They were consistently throughout
0: simply Drake and Gibson. I think you're right. They did lose their first names, too. Shit. (laughs) Which is interesting because I don't know if you know, but for our listeners who don't know pop culture, there already is someone slightly more popular with the name Drake already. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is an excellent point for you pop culture experts out there one might note
0: there already is a famous Drake. that is absolutely hilarious oh my god <laughs> But you know what i mean like wwe is so hesitant to name people the same name especially from pop culture so i find it interesting and scary that james drake right now is just known as drake so i can see that's a name change in his future to like i don't know What was his name in uh, Degrassi? Aubrey. No, they're gonna they're gonna rename him Jay Z. That's what they should do. (laughs) (laughs) And then their tag team name is Ninety Nine (laughs) Problems.
1: Oh man, that's yeah, that's that's just this is just good stuff. You know what though, this actual this wrestling match, though it only got four minutes, was a tornado. This thing was a great four minutes.
0: Yep. Oh, this was, like, just the, like, my notes are so screwed up for this episode just because of the name changes. All right, so this match was Legado del Fantasma, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin (laughs) (laughs) Wilde. I don't even hate Cruz del
1: Toro that much. It's pro wrestling. That one's fine. It's not as bad as Carry On Cross or Damian Priest. But, like, Cruz del Toro, seriously, word, like, for real? Okay. Okay.
0: That was that's okay. Legado del Fantasma. Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild versus Drake and Gibson.
1: <laughs> what what are we doing here? It's just the name roulette. Just you, you remember in South Park when like uh they planned the bailout. I believe it's the Margaritaville episode and they go to like the hires up in the bank and the way they plan who gets a bailout and how much or whatever is they cut the head off a chicken and they just put it on a wheel and they play the kazoo. That's how they're naming these guys in nxt 2.0 it's a it's a literal chicken with his head cut off running around we should change our names while we're at it (laughs) i will be tatum paxley
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh i don't even know anymore i don't even know anymore jesus christ all right four minutes was this match and it was four minutes of just pure raw entertainment
1: yeah this was yeah just a full-on sprint they were like okay well we have four minutes the grizzled young veterans were like they took our names they (laughs) but they can't take our jobs yet and they went in there they did do the job but man they busted their ass they got every second out they milked this thing they squeezed this sponge dry this was a really really fun four minute match
0: you know what this was matt this this was four veterans who were only given four minutes, and they're like, you know what? Fuck them. We're going to show them what's up.
1: Absolutely. And they did, I thought. Like, if this went double the time, it's a takeover match. Like, it's a takeover-worthy match. These guys busted their ass in four minutes. Really, really good. I just wanted more. I wanted ten more minutes at least.
0: Yeah. Uh, Toro ends up hitting Drake with a DDT, Wild hits Gibson with a flip dive. Legado hit Drake with a leg sweep, leg lariat combo for the win. To get the win, Legado the Fantasma with the win. My God, informants. Yeah, I think. I think they're going babyface, Boris. I think the the people are listening to
1: you. They uh they agree. Everyone who watches two live listens to this podcast, as we all know. And uh, no man, no, I, I think it's time for Legato to go babyface because the crowd likes them. They're dope. And this was an awesome match. I would go as high as three and three-quarter Druids. They tried so hard. They delivered. You couldn't quite call it great, but I would put it right up on that borderline. So three and three-quarter out of five,
0: 75%, B-plus in Canada. Great job, fellas. So clearly I want to focus on this part of Legado's appearance, so I'm going to keep going. Um, One thing I really loved was during their entrance, and they cut the commercial as this was happening, did you notice the crowd chanting "Legado" with along with yeah. their song? Yeah, the "Legado." Yeah, yeah, I like that chant a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, number 1. Number 2, the way that this match even started. I thought that I, I don't know who did the dive, but he like almost completely missed uh whoever it was from Grizzled Young Veterans.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. I believe it was Del Toro, I might be wrong. Yeah. But yeah, you completely completely right. That could have been a tragedy to start with this match
0: some would say he's a toro in a in, uh, i'm not gonna finish that because yeah because you
1: were going China shop. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> right.
0: so Santos escobar grabs the mic and he said that tony d'angelo better watch his match later to see how a real leader does business that
1: uh, very good yeah tony uh I, I'm liking where this Tony Legato feud is going. and that's why it's clear that legato is babyface now,
0: yep. all right. the hardest working reporter and all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell interviews, uh, the new solo Wes Lee. This was kind of sad in a weird way, yeah, boy. what a what an interesting, weird
1: promo this was. It didn't It was sad, especially the way the match went,
0: yeah. he said that ever since stand and Deliver. He's felt a little bit lost. It hasn't been easy. Uh, That's when Zion Quinn shows up and said that Lee's problem is that he doesn't run it straight. Uh, Wesley said nobody knows what that even means. Quinn said he's going to teach Lee a lesson. Lee said he may have uh, doubts now, but he is at home in the ring. Lee said that when he sees Quinn in the ring later, he's going to get a piece of of this chaos.
1: So, you know, this was like the kind of promo that like when I watched it, I was like, okay, well, hopefully Wesley wins this match. They start pushing this kid. It's going well. Seeing how this turned out. Yeah, it just made me even sadder. It kind of like ruined what was a decent promo to just be like, oh, oh, of course, they're they're pushing the big guy. The the
0: big old Zion Quinn type. Yeah, exactly. That's the I don't know, but I still feel like they're like trying to figure out what to do. Pick which lane to go in with Wesley
1: yeah that's fair maybe they'll find him a new tag team partner but i think the lane to go in is that push him like a really good singles wrestler and see what you got he could be uh, the new ricochet
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: yeah
0: like real ricochet not wwe ricochet
1: well this is the thing the ricochet who was a world champion level wrestler in literally every other promotion he's ever been in that guy
0: but matt he's your ic champion
1: Yes, a yes. Uh, left-off WrestleMania IC champion, yes.
0: Anyways, Trick and Mello make their entrance. During the commercial, it was shown that Elektra Wilde and Mendoza brawled with Fallon Henley, Josh Briggs, and Brooks Jensen, also known as, in these parts, as the Insel Express. Uh, <laughs> Joseph noted that Escobar doesn't have the numbers advantage now
1: very good yeah no indeed they do not so yeah,
0: santos going it alone like a true
1: baby faced wood
0: yep so santos escobar versus carmelo hayes in what was pretty much a north american championship number one contenders match i loved this match
1: yeah i thought it was i thought it was very good you could argue that the finish of it took it away took away something from it you could argue that it, it you know what i mean it, like you you gotta bump a, a half star off it or whatever if you wanted to be super nerdy i kind of liked the finish but if you wanted to tell me the finish ruined this match i would accept that
0: argument yep i would accept that argument but let's let's be real here this is tv you're gonna get angles happening on tv you kind of assumed that they were gonna go the mellow uh solo route for uh cameron Grimes. so you know not only did i suspect a loss for Santos because he's Santos Escobar. But the reality <laughs> is, I don't think that he was next in line for the North American title shot. Plus, he has this ongoing storyline with uh, Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O. So,
1: Yeah, no, you're completely right, man. I think, yeah, you, it's not a loss that hurts Santos
0: any at all. Carmelo
1: is pushed very strongly.
0: <laughs> Dude, at this point, no loss is hurting Santos Escobar. He's pretty bulletproof. He's pretty dang bulletproof. Yep. So the referee was distracted, checking in on Melo. Uh, Two random dudes in suits and fedoras show up at ringside. Uh, One of the unknown guys chop, block Escobar with a crowbar. The other tosses Escobar back in the ring. Melo caught Escobar with a top rope scissor kicks for the win at 13 minutes, 55 seconds. And uh, that was that.
1: Yeah, looking like a couple 1940s wise guys. Like, yeah, see, crowbar to the legs, see? And uh, Carmelo Hayes wins with an awesome top rope axe kick. The most axe kicky of all his axe kicks. He got a lot of height. This thing looked beautiful. So, yeah, I thought it was a very good match. I actually personally preferred the previous match just for what it was. This was 14 minutes. It was very, very good. I would go three and a half Druids out of five. Very good match.
0: Yep. Mello and Trick Williams grab the mics. Mello claims that he's going to regain the North American title in a few weeks when he invokes his rematch at the themed spring break in show. Cameron Grimes made his entrance and said that he hopes that Melo would confront, he hoped that Mello would confront him like a man as opposed to jumping him. Grimes was about to enter the ring and that's when Solo Sokoa shows up caught trick with a super kick solo hits Mello with a pop-up samoan drop grimes and solo nodded at each other in respect as solo made the exit
1: yeah so there we go triple threat match has been set up and it would be confirmed later in the show boris i do want to grammatically here this is something I, I i caught it this morning and it's very annoying it's not spring break in which would make sense you know what I mean? Like a like a break in. Like it's they're breaking no, it's into breaking. your Yeah, it's like spring breaking, like a verb. Like yes. I'm going spring breaking. Except yes. with an apostrophe like spring breakin'. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're we're going streaking, we're going spring breakin' in the lobby. <laughs> so uh that's where we're at with NXT. We're spring breaking.
0: Braun Breaker was still looking for Joe Gacy. <laughs> um yeah. This one was a really weird promo. Breaker walks into a random room of mirrors that was in the WWE Performance Center. I think these were the same mirrors, you know, I think, you know, when WWE bought WCW, this is the same mirror of where the Warriors showed up um, because <laughs> Breaker saw Gacy from one of the mirrors. When he turns around, Gacy was gone, and he then yells out, where are you?
1: Uh, and his brain, it, we now
0: have brain breaking,
1: Boris. Oh my god. I just wanna before we move on from this from the spring break and thing, it's basically like calling Halloween Havoc Halloween. NXT presents Halloweenin or 2022. Halloween two
0: thousand
1: twenty two.
0: Or Halloween Havocin.
1: I, uh, I just wanted to say and I just wanted to work that in organically. But, uh, yeah, Boris, basically, yes, it's Halloween Havoc in 2022. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, so we're getting wrestle crap here with uh, Joe Gacy and Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker seeing specters in the mirror. Maybe we're supposed to believe that Joe Gacy was actually in the room and then ran away. I don't know what we're supposed to believe.
0: <laughs> You're giving him way too much of the benefit of the doubt on that <laughs> one, buddy yeah yeah i was grasping at straws there yep yep grasping at i don't even know i can't even yeah i'm not even witty this week that pisses me off how unwitty i am right now (laughs) it's just this thing has has broken
1: your brain they're they're brain breaking i'm telling you
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh you know the episode title needs to be something in
1: yeah Uh, spring bamming. no this isn't bam
0: i'll figure it out uh, Roderick Strong is chatting with Malcolm Bivens in the Diamond Mine gym. Strong talks about watching another group fall apart, alluding to the Undisputed Era, and he doesn't want to see Diamond Mine also fall. Strong said he's going to make examples of the enemies of Diamond Mine.
1: It's funny because after NXT UK, it's like, oh, is Roderick Strong just a hardcore baby face now? And then you watch this and it's like, oh, Roderick Strong is about to kick Malcolm Bivens out of Diamond Mine.
0: Yep, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking, right? Oh, man.
1: But 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 if it means Malcolm Bivens on the main roster, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Yep. I was thinking, who can you put Malcolm Bivens with?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Who needs a mouthpiece? Ricochet. I was literally going to say Ricochet. There you go.
0: Ricochet. Ricochet. All right. Uh, Natalia versus Tatum Paxley.
1: Yeah, pretty bad match, but uh, I mean, whatever. It's Natalia wins in five minutes, four minutes, 54 seconds with the sharpshooter. Exactly what you picture in your head. Uh, Tatum Paxley's all right,
0: very new. She's got a little bit of something, though. You know who Tatum Paxley reminds me of in look, ring gear, and kind of, you know, I'm talking about like a few years ago in ring? Who's that? Britt Breaker.
1: Interesting. The doctor will see us now, Tatum yep. Paxley. Yep, I can see. I can see it. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, they they had her kind of flirting with Diamond Mind for a little bit. She's like a, a decent technician in there. She's not like stumbling over her own feet,
0: you know. Yep. Um, how many Druids would you give this match?
1: I thought it was. Yeah, it's probably below the uh, the old Mendoza line. We're gonna go two Druids out of five for this one.
0: Yep. All right, the show cuts to Tony D'Angelo being interviewed by their TMZ interviewer. The interviewer asks D'Angelo if he had something to do with the goons attacking Escobar. D'Angelo denies this. Uh, D'Angelo then saw the Legado del Fantasma SUV, and he said, nice tires.
1: Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I like Tony D'Angelo's
0: character. He's a good promo. Yep. Uh, Yep, sure. Why not? Um, We get a hype video to hype up the nxt stateside debut of your favorite wrestler nathan frazier
1: yes to all the people who say that ben carter made a mistake in signing with wwe you're probably right i can't (laughs) but but he's finally coming over (laughs) <laughs> and boris it's time to celebrate the ben carter truthers such as myself will have their moment in the sun i never sold my ben carter stock
0: well you know what if he signed with aw he would still be in in jacksonville doing dark matches so hey it's, hey, it's hey, he ends up in the same road
1: Hey man, it's really possible, honestly. And if if they're looking for a tag team partner for Wes Lee, I think they both can be like great singles wrestlers. But that could be something they could do for a bit.
0: Yeah, Um yeah. They they did make mention that he's a student of Seth Rollins' wrestling school. I found that pretty interesting. Yeah.
1: I think Seth Rollins has got this guy like pointed out. I'm sure he said something to to Vince about him, and I think it wouldn't shock me to see if he does make the main roster, him involved with Seth Rollins in some way.
0: This is why. All right, hear me out. I mean, this is this is, this is Boris just throwing out random ideas that hopefully could happen, but because <laughs> it's a good idea, will never ever happen. <laughs> Love it. Please continue. People are giving me crap because I use Jobber when I'm speaking about Finn Balor. That's pretty harsh. The guy loses 99% of the time. <laughs> well, that's also true. All right. I can Anyways. see both sides of the argument. <laughs> Anyways. Jesus, people. Anyways, there is someone in NXT UK who could use a Finn Balor kind of rub. Who's that? Guess. It's your boy. Uh, my boy? Your boy. No, no. Noam Dar? No, 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 no. His, uh, you always called him Finn Balor light. Oh, the Devlin,
1: the, the Irish ace. Yep. That's a terrible accent. Oh, oh boy, that needs work.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> horrible. You got to. <laughs> so here's the thing, you know, because like the whole Seth Rollins mention and Nathan Frazier, why don't they bring in Devlin, team him up with Balor, and there you go. Balor now has something to do. And hey, they can both job together.
1: rude i think uh i think they're pushing devlin kind of hard in uk he's a good heel uh thing (laughs) good heel guy as kalisto would say and i know i think he's in a good spot right now i don't think you will want to bring him over and make him generic baby face jobber as much as as much as i see the idea i i think that would be kind of a waste of his talents i I can't (laughs) believe that's coming out of my mouth but yeah
0: speaking of wasted talents Wesley versus Zion Quinn 3 minutes 30 seconds <laughs> Zion Quinn basically just 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 demolishes Wesley
1: Well, Wesley did look really good at the start. Like, the first 30 seconds, minute of this match was all Wesley, all fire, all control. And I was like, oh, is he going to come out and win this thing and squash Zion Quinn? That did not happen. On two separate occasions, Zion Quinn almost ended this poor man's career. There was a a suplex on the apron where he just kind of threw him up in the air, like Randy Orton suplexing a Singh brother on the table. But, like, Wesley grabbed the rope, thankfully, and, and took a good bump. But... I mean that could have been really bad. He just landed like could have landed neck first on the apron, and then the finish of this match was Zion Quinn hitting the flying forearm, what Jesse Ventura once called the flying jalapeno when Tito Santana did it. But he destroyed this man with the forearm. It's the old Shawn Michaels spot used to hit the forearm, do the kip up. Except no forearm has ever connected like this in the history of professional wrestling forearms. This was a grotesque flying forearm to the jaw, and I just felt so bad for Wesley in this moment like man this guy was tag team champion half an hour ago and now he's jobbing to this man who just smashed him in the face with his finishing move like holy shit
0: poor guy yeah i'm very curious to see what they do with wesley i really don't think he's gonna be quote-unquote punished or treated badly i just think that you know he, he's he's you know he's on bad times right now It's just a bad break for him, and I do think he's talented enough to
1: overcome. I hope they give him the chance to overcome this terrible break. And, yeah, he willed this match to be above average. He really did. He dragged Zion Quinn kicking and screaming to a good match here. We're going to go three Druids out of five and just sad, tough beat for Wesley. Tough beat for the kid. But he's really talented. He should hopefully be okay.
0: Yep. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. And this is why. This is like, what, her fifth, sixth interview of the night? That's what I <laughs> call her the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell interviews Natalia about attacking Cora Jade last week. Um, she said she wasn't attacking. She was acting in self-defense. She said new wrestlers show up on the main roster. They target her being Natalia. So she's just trying to get the first strike on Cora Jade. Uh, Nikita Lyons shows up. She acted extra ratchet for some reason and noted (laughs) that after she takes care of lash legend she wants to take care of natalia
1: yeah this was this was the uh, wrestler cutting their first live promo that's what this is She, she showed me that she has like you know charisma but she was just yelling she was just a person playing pro wrestler she was just coming in there and cutting the fakest wrestling promo you ever saw. But at the same time, she, she has charisma. She has an incredible look. She has fire. But this was a literally a day one promo because it was her first live promo, and that showed.
0: Yep. Um, for the record, I didn't come up with the word ratchet here. I had to text someone, and, and, and she gave me a perfect word to use.
1: <laughs> I would say that was a perfect word in that moment. It was. It was certainly
0: that. Yep. Speaking of X or Ratchet, uh, JC Jane shows up getting ready for her (laughs) match against Roxanne uh, Roxanne Perez.
1: Oh, boy, yeah. So, Roxanne Perez's level-up match was better than her NXT match. But, hey, at least she got that all-important W...
0: Yep, so seventh match of the night, dude. Seventh match of the night, and we're still not done with the show. Uh, JC Jane versus Roxanne Perez. This match only lasted two minutes, 30 seconds. Wendy Chu shows up on the screen. She shows that she tossed around the furniture in the Toxic Attractive Lounge. Perez hit the distracted Jane with a code red for the victory.
1: Two minutes, yeah. I had it at two minutes, 19 seconds, but it was, yeah, under... Uh, three-minute kind of match. Roxanne Perez gets the win over an NXT Tag Team Champion on her first night, gunning for that belt for Mandy Rose. It could happen sooner than later.
0: Yep. Legado are seen in the parking lot. They were seething, angry, angry pissed off they were embodying my sentiment of their treatment in nxt because they were complaining about the random goons that attacked them Uh, they then walked to their car which had a parking boot on the wheel and a dead fish on the hood
1: dead fish that is bold so someone's going to die in Legado del fantasma i believe that's what that means
0: i know right uh if my mafia
1: lore is correct
0: I just, yeah sleeping with the fishes you see now i just always think of um the sopranos after they uh, kill big pussy and then season three you know spoiler alert on a 20 plus year old show um <laughs> the toy that toy fish that like gives tony that uh that panic attack the one that sunk
1: yeah that yeah, that's actually so funny. Yeah. I, def- well, I think of Sopranos anytime Tony D'Angelo opens his mouth for obvious reasons. But yes, very good. Great parallel. Uh yep. also the pre the previous match, we're gonna go two uh druids out of five, and it only is that high because they did the right thing and let Roxanne win. So we'll we'll, we'll bump it near the Mendoza line, but still below.
0: Yep. Yep. Right, so this is where we're at. Um <laughs> Uh, Joe Gacy was watching Braun Breaker from security cameras and then he says it's time to quote unquote end this
1: yeah and
0: indeed it was indeed it was Uh, main event time and match 8 of the night pretty deadly Kit Wilson and Elton Prince versus Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson for the NXT Tag Team Championships now I have to question why right i have to question why this match was put as a main event
1: not only this match put as the main event but what a strange choice for their first title defense like a, a heel and baby face tag team who have never teamed before i guess you could beat them easily but man just so so strange what
0: a what a weird match to put here and i gotta say though this match wasn't the worst No,
1: it was was all right. Like, you can see that Pretty Deadly are solid. Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson, probably worse, both in the ring than Pretty Deadly. But yeah, it was all right. 11 minutes, 45 seconds. Felt like they rushed into the ending. It was a little disjointed.
0: Yeah, Hudson hit Prince with a power slam for a pretty close near fall. Kit Wilson distracted Duke Hudson from the apron, and this gives Elton Prince time to knock out Hudson with a Yakuza kick for the win in 11 minutes. 50 seconds to retain the nxt tag team championships
1: yeah it was crazy it was like two or three minutes past the hour it was like ten oh three eastern and all of a sudden prince hits a random running big boot the yakuza kick like you said boris and just pins i believe it was hudson duke hudson clean in the middle of the ring so huh dang there you go and, and yeah and then immediately i thought well they're going off air and the lights went out but they did not go off air boris <laughs> something yep. else
0: happened the lights go out. Joe Gacy appears uh, with spotlights on him as they're at the NXT Crow's Nest. NXT said, uh, sorry, Gacy said he's not hard to find as he held Rick Steiner's Hall of Fame ring. Braun Breaker comes out. He goes to the Crow's Nest. Gacy said he'll give Breaker the ring back if Breaker gives him an NXT title match. Breaker said, you got it. Let's go, tough guy. Uh, Gacy puts the Hall of, Hall of Fame ring in Breaker's denim vest pocket. Gacy said now all Breaker has to do is take a leap of faith. Gacy shoves Breaker off the crow's nest. And then for some reason, druids appear. Druids then surround Breaker, opened up their robes. Druids covered Breaker as... Breaker screams and is in pain and says stuff, and that's honest to God how we finish the April 19th episode of NXT stateside.
1: Yeah, yeah, it should have been the April 20th, the 420 episode, yeah. because the writers were high when they wrote this, man. Okay, let's talk about all the reasons why this was absolutely idiotic and terrible. For one, okay, so <laughs> Rick Steiner has been kidnapped and beaten by this man. In storyline, Joe Gacy has said, your dad took his beating like a man. So Braun Breaker casually walks up to this guy, turns, like, climbs up a ladder to get to the top of a lighthouse <laughs> to, to face this guy face-to-face, He's standing on the ledge, just having a, a casual conversation with this man. If somebody kidnapped one of my parents and tortured and beat them, and I saw them in the street, I wouldn't have a casual conversation. I might die trying, but obviously I'm going to attack that person and attempt to murder them. Yeah, you depends, know which I mean? like, depends which parent. Depends which parent. That's a great call. Yeah. One out of two parents I would risk my life for in that situation, for sure. (laughs) Uh, I'll let you guess which one, listener. But uh but yeah, man, that's uh, that's hilarious. But yeah, okay. So let alone like the ring, like he just he stood up there and had a casual conversation with a man who tortured one of his parents. What a fucking pussy! What an absolute pussy! Also, he was standing on the ledge of a building while doing it. What a fucking idiot! What an absolute <laughs> pussy fucking idiot! Braun Breaker is not even getting into Joe Gacy's character, which is fucking uh, irredeemably stupid at this point. Now he has druids, and these druids, they they circle in on braun breaker whose back might be broken. We don't know how far he fell, but he's, he's like sitting there in agony and the Druids close in on braun and do nothing. They just, they they sit there, Uga Chaka, uga Chaka, one of us, one of us, Google gobble, whatever it is. I think uga Chaka is, I can't stop this feeling. Anyway, my brain has been broken. They have brawn-breakered my brain. I hate this character. I hate this show. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life anymore. Fuck it all. God damn it. Shit, shit, balls. Balls, balls, shit. I'm done. Please continue.
0: On that note, let's go to the UK. Uh. <laughs> Best transition ever. Best transition <laughs> ever. Honestly, there's nothing I could say to... Uh. to Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at.
1: Also... I think the
0: main event was two and a half druids out of five.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure if I said that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> At least UK was pretty good. UK was pretty good this week.
0: <laughs> man, can you imagine how our moods would be if Legado went 4 and the Braun Breaker <laughs> stuff happened? <laughs>
1: oh man I love that that's the only thing that gets you upset is how Legato does on the show <laughs> like,
0: dude I don't have a lot to look forward to in my life right now so <laughs> give me give me some victories with the wrestling group that I think is is the best one of the best things on NXT <laughs>
1: All right, absolutely one of the best things on WWE TV every week full stop no matter what.
0: Yep. All right, let's get to NXT UK. Again, pretty good episode. We'll start right off. Gallus is Joe Coffey and Mark Coffey versus Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. A pretty
1: solid match. Eight minutes and 30 seconds here. Gallus explodes. That gimmick is continuing. There's lots of infighting between the Gallus brothers. I I, kind of think that's interesting. The brothers are fighting and Wolfgang, who is not related, is kind of trying to be the,
0: uh, the mediator here. Um, you don't have an older brother or younger brother, do you? You don't have a brother, right? No, I have. I have two younger sisters. Yeah, so I can see why brothers fight. Let me tell you, I worked <laughs> with my brother in a professional setting uh, for for a little bit. Once as an intern, and then as a full time employee. Let me tell you, our boss, our mutual boss slash mutual friend, he said the only reason he hired me was so he can see brother on brother fight. <laughs>
1: That's, uh, It's got to be against some kind of policy, but I respect it. I respect the power
0: move. <laughs> no, like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, and my brother and I would just go at it, especially when he's a developer and I'm running the testing. So there was nothing greater in my life going to my brother and saying, your code breaks.
1: <laughs> and
0: pop the collar and walk away. Yeah, basically. Anywho. <laughs> So I can see why the brothers are fighting, but no, you, but you do, you do bring up a good point because t- typically it's the other way around in professional wrestling. Yeah, I just thought it was,
1: it's like an interesting little twist on the infighting thing that they have a, a trio with two brothers uh, as part of the trio and the two brothers are the ones who are probably going to break up. I, I, You know, it's, it's a fun twist on it.
0: Yep. All right. The Coffee Brothers were arguing. Massive hits a rolling Santon on Joe Coffee. Jack Stars hits a powerbomb on Joe Coffee for the win. Dave Massive, Jack Stars defeat Gallus in eight minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Eight minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, I have it at. And yeah, solid
1: match. I would go, I don't know. I, I thought I like where jack stars and dave mastiff are at kind of like the underdog tag team gathering some wins upsetting some higher ranked teams if this was aew i would go as high as three and a half for this one i really enjoyed this match
0: yep uh roderick strong congratulates Ilya dragunov on retaining the nxt uk championship against them uh finn Balor's future partner jordan devlin interrupts and said strong had dodged him as he was next in line for a shot at the nxt uk championship
1: Yeah. Uh, Jordan Devlin, good, bad guy. Roderick Strong came off as a hardcore baby face here. So, of course, the next time you saw him on TV, hardcore heel on NXT 2.0. Yep.
0: Next week, Sam Gradwell will meet Kenny Williams in a back alley brawl. I'm excited for that. I, I It seems like it's going to be a
1: cinematic match on location. And, Boris, I'm a sucker for a cinematic match. One of my favorite matches of last year was the, uh, the fight on the farm. The Briscoe brothers explode. I love a good cinematic match, and I have high hopes for this one.
0: Same. Oh, that match was just incredible. And that was all Papa Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, Papa Briscoe might have been the MVP of that match. Yep. All right, Mikos. Oh, I hate this thing so much. Uh, oh, you Mikos, do? Yeah, Miko Satomura entered the BT Sports Studio without her NXT UK Women's Championship. Isla Dawn stole it from her three weeks ago. You couldn't get it back in all this time. Come on. Satomura demanded that Dawn meet her in the ring with her title. Isla Dawn arrives clutching the Women's Championship. I did like that touch. Um, Dawn said she was willing to hand the title back to uh, Satomura on the condition that she gets a rematch under her own chaotic rules. Satamora took her title from Don and said she could have had a match. She, she asked, Don spat black mist into the face of Satamora and said her ascension would take place in her domain. Her ascension yeah, so it- <laughs> would take place in her domain. One for the people in the back. Her ascension would take place in her domain.
1: So we're getting Connor and Victor, the return of? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah so it does it, it does sound like she's gonna get a new specialty match sounds like it's gonna be the world of darkness match i had that underlined in my notes here world of darkness seems to be a a, a term that was circled and underlined uh boris Ila dawn spits black mist now she spit black mist into miko sadamora's face she is malachyla black
0: <laughs> dude Thank you so much for saying that. Because if you didn't, <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> Mikayla, oh, I, love it. I have Michaela Black.
1: Nice, yeah. You Ma- about Malachi Isla? It's got to be Malachayla, buddy.
0: Yeah, we'll
1: see. <laughs> but yeah, no, hilarious. She now she now she's got the spooky mist. I kind of I like this way more than you did. I kind of thought it was cheesy, good fun.
0: You no, know, look, I I don't like the storyline, but I thought this segment was good. I should have clarified that. I thought this segment was good enough. Sets up the rematch, and I just don't like the "I stole your belt" angle.
1: Yeah, it's the stole belt angle. I, uh, notwithstanding, I thought this particular segment came across well. But you're right about that. I, I have no time for that angle either. We will see who is the master of Isla Dawn's domain.
0: Oh God!
1: Had <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get that. Here. Just, just, you know, just crossing the T's and dotting the i's, Boris. Let's get to it.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. Where, are, where do we go? How do we come back from that one? Um, <laughs> I'm out. All right. We saw the Gallus boys having another argument. Uh, Mark Andrews reveals that he and Wild Boar have had a 15-year friendship, and the only time they weren't close was when Eddie Dennis got in his head. Boar screamed that Dennis was the hunted.
1: Yeah, I like, like I said, I, I like Wild Boar, a throwback. This is a fun pairing. Uh, beast and Handler kind of tag team. Let's do it.
0: Yep. Eliza Alexander with Zia Brookside uh, versus Angel Hayes.
1: Yes, Zia Brookside, the better version of Tiffany Stratton. Although Tiffany Stratton is more of like, a, more aloof, more like cool above it all. Uh, Zia Brookside is more high energy, like spunky, annoying, you know? So they are showing slight differences in their characters, which I do appreciate. You never want to see, like, two or three of the same exact person. But, yeah, Zia Brookside, far better than Tiffany Stratton at this moment.
0: Okay. So this match was three minutes, four seconds. I not have it as. Uh, Hayes rallied and went for a super kick, but Alexander met her with a massive clothesline. Alexander hit a running knee for the win. Dude is alexander is a complete heel for me the crowd loved her um she's tough she's got spunk she's got something there she's mouthy i like her yeah i like uh eliza
1: alexander a lot as well like you said very natural heel kind of like a bruising talkative heel seamus kind of heel in a way but uh yeah, I know I like I like her work a lot. I kinda like the pairing with Zia Brookside. Kind of the muscle, a uh, Shawn Michaels diesel situation, although they're the same height.
0: Yeah. Um, I really like this a lot. I like this a lot. So how many uh supernovas would you give this bad boy?
1: Uh maybe maybe gonna be a little bit of a grinch on this one. I thought it was average WWE. We're gonna go Mendoza line, two and a half out of five. Boris, perhaps I'm wrong on that. You're perhaps pissed I uh in I,
0: your cereal when you rated this.
1: Yeah, perhaps I didn't give it enough credit.
0: Yeah. No, no, you know what? I can see a two and a half, three. It wasn't perfect. It was a half-decent um, uh, debut. Uh, we got a, enough of uh, Alexander, but there wasn't anything special.
1: Yeah, that's. I I think that's well put, buddy. I
0: would agree with that. All right. We get a vignette airing for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship match between Mustache Mountain and Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter next week. Uh, this rivalry will come to a close in a two out of three falls match.
1: Yeah, and looks like this might be where the mustache mountain split happens. Tyler Bates, Trent Seven seems like a natural point for the split to happen. They've been teasing it for, what, a year now? Yeah. Maybe more?
0: So I think it's time. Yeah, it's time for the mustache to be shaved. <laughs> Bag out, back out uh with charlie dempsey and rohan Raja versus a kid oh great man. match great oh, match
1: man. best yep. match we're going to talk about on the podcast tonight uh just a fabulous fabulous match with a an ending that was a little schmozzy but i thought was good it it came across in a way that helped a kid did not hurt him helped the match did not hurt it i had a lot of time for this one this was really really good stuff
0: yeah, so the two were fighting on the apron. Tioman knocks out A-Kid off. Tioman went for the running form, but A-Kid moves, and he hit his arm on the steel ring steps. A-Kid hit a top rope moonsault to take out all of the Familia. Tioman dumped A-Kid on the apron and back in the ring. That's when Tioman hit the evil eye for the win in about 11 minutes, 25 seconds.
1: Yeah, so Teoman, with a couple awesome moves, his evil eye, which is basically, if you can picture a Canadian destroyer, it's a front flip pile driver. This is a a scorpion death drop destroyer. It's a reverse DDT into the front flip driver. So an incredible, awesome move. I love Teoman's finisher. He also hit this, like, Kevin Owens-style, like, I don't need like a pump handle neck breaker thing on a kid in this match. That was absolutely beautiful. Looked like it killed him. A kid selling is awesome. Next level. Really. Like if you're paying attention to what he's doing, really makes it look like it hurts in a unique way, in a believable way. I love this match. I thought it was great.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, and I thought this match was great. Uh Question for you, Matt. Do you think that this angle is going to end with a kid, staring at the lights and him moving to the u.s
1: it may have just ended with that that might have been what we just saw actually right
0: here yep that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking
1: that's interesting yeah man i think you might be onto something i think you might be right buddy
0: what are they going to call him b kid c kid (laughs) x kid the kid Uh... one two three kid that's that's so funny. I don't know who's a
1: who's a famous Spaniard <laughs> just kind of put a twist on his
0: name. Don Quixote. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Rafael Quixote. Combination of Nadal
0: oh and Don
1: Quixote. He <laughs> oh. will be Rafael Quixote.
0: Oh my god i would have been surprised if it's something like that <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
1: but yeah notwithstanding uh, the absolute ridiculousness of name roulette i thought this was a very fine episode of wwe based programming and uh the next few nxt shows
0: are gonna be pretty fun yeah man all right do you want to run down some cards while we wrap the show up let's do it so nxt uk april 21st
1: that is tomorrow 2022, awesome two-match card. I hope they only do these two matches. We have Back Alley Brawl. Kenny Williams versus Sam Gradwell should be a cinematic match. And also two out of three falls for the NXT UK Tag Team Titles. Mustache Mountain's last stand, probably. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate versus Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. Next week on NXT TV, April 26, 2022, Boris, Nathan Frazier in action. We also have Nikita Lyons versus Lash Legend 2 and a mixed trios tag team match. Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs, and your girl Fallon Henley versus Legado Del Fantasma, Electro Lopez, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz Del Toro. Cruz Del Toro. Then we have NXT 2.0 Spring Breakin' may 3rd 2022 cameron grimes versus carmelo hayes versus solo sokoa for the nxt north american title and Braun breaker versus joe gacy the terribly terribly booked Braun breaker versus the absolutely irredeemably stupid joe gacy let's do it what do you think the odds are of
0: joe gacy winning
1: well, maybe they want to call Braun up. I don't know. He just he just incurred a death fall. He just broke his back falling off a light tower. So, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, perhaps. It's stranger things have happened in this uh, in this NXT 2.0, Brad.
0: To say the least. All right, everyone knows what's up. Everyone knows what shows are coming. But uh, we're going to play another game of Rampage Roulette to see who's going to be hosting this week. I don't even know, actually. Right. I think it's actually me, Joe, and Mike. I think we're doing the trios this week. Nice. You Contend for the trios
1: tag team title that might actually occur one day in AEW.
0: Yeah, hopefully it does. Um, I know this is NXT talk, but it is Wednesday. And you know what that means. What do you think Tony Khan's announcement is going to be before we go?
1: New Japan X AEW show in June in a stadium.
0: Yep. If it's not that, then I believe it is going to be some HBO max deal or some deal for ROH TV, regardless have fun watching some more wrestling. We'll be back at ya. And uh he's Matt. I'm Boris. Adiós.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,